0: Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 58 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg.
1: And I'm his new co-host, Razor Greshu, a.k.a. Frank Razbeck.
0: There you go. Big surprise, I promised you uh we're coming in with a new co-host i really hope this works out frank
1: oh me too i i'm gonna have a blast talking with you about Lightseekers, matt this is an amazing game and i cannot wait to get people's opinions on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember in the early days like we had plenty of conversations when oh. we got a chance to talk so
1: oh yes we could sit down for at least a half hour even during your delivery cup tournaments and talk about this mm-hmm. game while other games were going on
0: oh yeah oh yeah so this is gonna be exciting get Another point of view on the show, see what's going on in the world of Lightseekers. You you definitely have a different perspective on it as a streamer and such. For those of you who don't know, like you mentioned, he has his stream, is it just on Twitch?
1: I have a stream on Twitch. Uh, I upload all my videos to YouTube, and I will soon be doing YouTube-exclusive videos as well as soon as I move into my new place and get a green screen up to have better quality on those as well.
0: Okay, and that's all under the Razor Greshu name,
1: correct? Yep, everything's under Razor Greshu.
0: All right, we will be sure to get links to all that type of stuff in the show notes. Uh, that'll be a regular thing from now on, as long as you're co-host with me. So, like I said, really hoping this works out, that we can do this on a weekly basis, get, get the show back to where I want it to be, and we should be good.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm super excited, Matt. Let's do this.
0: All right. So this week, we have on a, an, actually a returning guest. I've had him on before, but this time... It is because of his recent victory down in Austin. Austin was the most recent gold tier event, and unfortunately I was not able to be there in person. I got to watch parts of it on the stream that well Tetra threw up for us, so that was great. But let me just bring him on first. I have a lot lot to say about this deck, though. Oh, you uh, and me both. (laughs) Our guest this week (laughs) is, uh, you probably know him as Fatal Zef, I know him as Emmett. Emmett, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing really good today, Matt. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well.
2: Welcome, Emmett. <laughs> so- Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so I'm super excited to talk about this deck because, I, I mean, the very base of this deck, I know you've been talking about for months. Like, Cellini has always been your hero. Like, I mean, you went as far as... I, I, was this the Zeppelini deck, actually?
2: No, the Deathlyn deck. Remember, it was the Time Chamber Flying Fortress. Ah, yes. I,
0: yes, I, I yes. called
2: it. I called that, it.
0: <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was it. That was it. But regardless, Selene has been your hero for a long, long time.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. So wh-
0: when did you first shift over to this uh, Moss Armor phase shift deck?
2: Whenever Lumbeacon got banned.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whatever starting that was. Yeah. It, yep. It's when. Slumbega got banned, and Dynamo got banned, or eroded, so that's mm-hmm. when I switched, pretty much. Yeah, that cuts out a lot of defend
1: cards in Astral, if you cut those two oh, things yeah. out.
0: Okay, so th- that was many, many months ago, and so you know, this is something that differs greatly from a lot of decks that we had on the show, is that most people that I talk to, we hear that they, that they either just created this deck last week, or just changed their mind last night and made some changes to the deck, or built a whole new deck completely. And I, I, it's great when it works out for them, but this one I know has had a lot of love and attention put into every last detail, and that's, that, that's why we're so excited to talk about this.
1: Yeah, this I, I, does not read deck that you came up with at eleven
2: o'clock at night and was like, I think this will work next day.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
2: the cyborg is the cyborg. The cyborg definitely is at eleven o'clock at night. Well, more like two o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> <laughs> that's really. I, I mean, okay. the, the, yeah. The,
0: the the main deck is. I mean, is really the star here as it should be. And I've always said, like, if you build that main deck properly, you almost shouldn't need. A sideboard like there may be like one instance it's like okay i need these three cards in my sideboard but then the rest of it is just filler like i've seen that a few times like people don't know how to fill out nine cards for their sideboard because they don't see any reason they need them so it'll be interesting to see where you fall in that spectrum
1: but no exactly i've even come across a few people who are like oh can i look at your sideboard like yeah, it's, it's really just it's these three <laughs> cards i pulled these six out of the box just to fill in the nine spots And I'm like, Mm. really?
0: A couple weeks ago, we had, you know, Nuon on, who, he actually played the entire tournament with an eight-card sideboard. That's right. I remember that. He didn't need it. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) I I don't need a ninth card. I'm not going to put one in here. All right. Sounds good.
1: Very streamlined. Very streamlined.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Emmett, why don't you start off? You don't have to go card by card if you don't want to. We'll have the deck list printed in the show notes for anyone who's looking at it. It's at DeliveryCrab.com slash uh, 058. So if you want to check that list out, it's going to be there. But if you just want to walk us through the basics of this deck, I know Frank has a lot of questions he wants to ask. He's just itching to ask.
1: Oh, I got my notepad here. It's <laughs> full of questions. <laughs>
0: give, give us the base of this deck, explain kind of what it's built to do, and then we'll we'll dive in deeper as we need to.
2: Okay, so this deck is pretty much built around one thing. It's to get your combo off. It's to get up the Faceship Moss Armor combo. So, I sure I already explained this in the last video, but, um, so it creates, it creates a loop when you, it, when you heal, you do damage. When you do damage, you heal. Until you heal up to the maximum of 35. So, unfortunately, there is a cap, but that's why I have Erock Carver there, you know, to lower my cap, which is, which is just a great card in itself. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> which honestly. <laughs> I I mean, when you first introduced that card, it just blew my mind. Because Everett Carver, I need to go back and ask the developers this, but (laughs) I don't think it was ever intended to intentionally lower your health. Like, everybody looks at that card and says, well, if I time it just right, you know, they'll have me down to 1, and then it'll rotate, and I'll be back at 15, and it'll be great. But you're sitting there, and it's like, no, this is in case I'm sitting at 35 health. I'm going to drop myself intentionally by 20 points and then destroy you.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that is that is such, like, next-level thinking about this card, too. Like Matt just said, when you're sitting at 35, phase shift obviously doesn't go off because you can't heal. And you're like, all right, got to be able to deal damage to myself somehow. And a lot of that stuff is in tech. But then Everett Carver literally just reads, deal 20 damage to yourself, get one additional action in this deck. <laughs> <laughs> Which is—it's so weird to think about it that way because like it sets your health to fifteen. What do you mean, deal twenty damage to yourself? And it's like, no, 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 trust me. It's that's what it reads. That's all it reads. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't worry about it. Just add additional text to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just write
2: it on the on the card. It's like this isn't this isn't wrong. <laughs> Actually, a forty life swing is 20, gain twenty health. Uh, build only 20 damage.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: completely fine.
0: Go ahead, continue. I mean, yeah, we we have this loop here. That it is, unfortunately, a finite loop due to the health problem. But where do you go from there? Maybe a better question, how do you get to that point?
2: Okay, so your deck, <laughs> you want to go through the deck as, as fast as possible while also keeping a steady pace. So we have, like, a, a ton of healing here to get you through that, to get through the aggro matchup. You have quite a bit of recurring right here, just, just in case, you know, you need to get some stuff back, with, you know, just in case someone do you. Because I don't know if you saw one of the games, but there was a one point where I literally had my whole deck in my hand and I, I did I, see that <laughs> it was weird because I
1: came back mid game to that and I was like okay so where's this deck and I see him just pick up the whole pile and I'm like that's not legal right and they're like no no it's, it's a <laughs> and I
2: was like wait what happened yeah so I have some recursion just in case I get jestered so there's some new additions in here that I don't think you've seen in the last list so we have stuff like prismatic sunfeeder and uh quiz of spirit in the deck. So I realized my deck is has a hard counter to Colossal Idol and Starforge Warrior. So to be able to change your discard power at a moment's notice, it's really, really helpful. It helps me set up, you know, to be able to set up my combo next turn. Because there's some, um, there's some times where I was able to Prismatic Jumpfeeder then get it back, you know, next turn. So just in case they run three Colossal Idols. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if you, That was in the finals where he played, like, back-to-back, and I had, like, Prismatic feeder and Jester, so it was it's great to have that. Question Spirit. So, going to the tournament, I thought question Spirit said all buffs. I was greatly oh. mistaken. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It only said action buffs, so yeah. I was hoping to get rid of stuff like anti Magic Pulse and uh, Rupture. Sure. Just, I mean, it was just reinforcement, pretty much. I, I didn't get, I didn't have a way to stop it, which I pretty much did always have a way to stop it. But I, it was, it was very helpful because I was able to push back some Mari Bards, you know, probably sometimes some, um, some Fauna Misfortune, probably some, call it damage mitigation. So that's, that's, that's what it's really there for. They push those back. What else would I have here that's new? Chip infiltrated, but that's for recursion. My sideboard. So I have Starforge. Starforge, I don't know if you noticed, but I was anticipating, you know, just in case someone <laughs> happened to pick the deck, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, happened to play the deck, I just have it just, you know, just for the mirror, because, you know, Starfish Warrior killed my deck. Yeah, I can see that. And Metal Boy Pressure just for these Skyriders, because the Skyriders Sky was popular. So, Pop uh, Skyriders, um, get rid of their access to Mario Bard, and that really helped me in a couple of matches. So, I think that's everything that's new to the list.
1: I can see every single one of card being a counter to something that could potentially put this deck
2: in the hole. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's a lot more counter things there are. I'm like, so much <laughs> and throw it, the deck off till just a little bit. And it's like, yeah. like okay, well, i got to fix that.
0: Yeah, exactly. When you, you fine-tune a deck so much that you basically have that one win condition, like you need to get to that combo setup. Like I so, said, anything that goes wrong in that process can throw you off, and that's why your deck is set up the way it is. This is one of those decks that, you know initially, I, I, I would look at this, like, when people are teaching me how to build decks, they're always like, you know, consistency is key, right? The more three ofs you have, the better, because it's going to be more consistent. And then you look at this, and there's, like, it? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, eleven one-ofs? <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, that's a third of your deck is, is one-ofs, and, I'm like, that's, how, how can that be consistent at all? But, I think the key for you is how quickly you can get those hit cards into your hand, right?
2: Yes,
1: that's correct. And I think what's really cool about this is, just like like Matt was saying, there's 11 one and they're all one specific card to counter something. And with Salini, if those cards technically don't counter your opponents, they're just fodder for Selene Yes, to, to cycle through <laughs> your deck, which is just insane to think about.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. For people who might not know, Selena's ability, if you haven't looked it up oh. by now, allows you to put one card at the bottom of your discard, correct?
2: Yes, Yeah, correct. so you
0: put one card at the bottom of your discard, and then you get to draw two cards off the top of your deck and you put them in your hand. So, yes, you have to give up a card, but like you said, if you know what you're playing against, you can kind of predict a little bit which cards you're going to need for this game. And so you can kind of freely pitch some of those cards, and you're not going, not going to worry about it.
2: Yes. Like you said, um, the, the cards that I don't worry about, I just pitch them on under. Let's say if I know they're running aggro deck, I'm not going to need Curse of Spirit, not at all. Uh, so sure. I just pitch it. Yeah. So stuff so I don't need I pitch it.
1: Oh, I was just saying that like how, how this deck has a very clear end goal to get to phase shift, get to Moss Armor, and with all the one-offs, being able to read your opponent's mat- the deck, like Matt said, uh, to just pitch those cards to more efficiently get to your deck, is like, very nuanced way of thinking about this, compared to just, like how Matt said, have three of every card, be very efficient, make sure you survive, where you're just like, no, I need to get to the end game, I need to make sure I do it, but at the same time, I need to make sure that I still have a way to stop
2: my opponent from stopping me. Yes, and the thing is, the consistency is key, but Selene's ability makes it so your deck is consistent. So it, it gives you that consistent draw pair, which you know in a game like Life Secret is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Being able to draw two off one action is it's, it's great. So that is your consistency right there. Your healing is also your consistency. That, to me, is enough consistency to get you to the deck so you can execute what you need to, need to do. And that's why it's so consistent. It's bigger little two things. No, exactly. You have how many cards of healing in here? You have
1: three Blinding Beetles, three Boulder Feast, three classy Idols, and three Twilight Oracles.
0: That's another third of his card. Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, you just have, like, all defense, the conditional cards to get you so that your opponent can kind of, like, slow them down or prevent them from killing you, and then you just have your combo pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, looks, it looks very, very well-constructed, and then you look, like, the healing, obviously healing, make sure you have the healing in there. Combos, great, those are your A-team cards, get those to that. And then every single card is like, alright, this is for this deck, this is for this deck, this is for this deck. It really shows, just in the deck construction, of how many times you've played this and come into conditions where you've lost, and you're like, you find that one card that prevents that from happening, and you slot that in there.
2: Yeah, uh, I was very surprised that the, the elements I have access to had counters to, like, mostly, like, everything, and that was fantastic. And the, the day I found out Starforge Warrior was the day I found out the greatest thing ever, because that Starforge Warrior <laughs> is a great card. It is a great card, because I was helping people play aggro, and they had Starforge Warrior, and they just left him on the top of the deck, and I'm like, okay, your turn. And they just kept drawing, and I'm like, oh, I can't do anything, because, you know, Starforge Warrior is on the deck, I can't, I can't execute what I need to do.
1: No, exactly.
2: It's, it's, yeah. So it's like, every time I come into hard counter, I find a way to fix it. And another hard counter, okay, finally fixed it. It took like months of like, after, after the, the first initial like interview, um, New More Buzz, I took a lot more months just to get everything hammered out. Sure. It took a lot of testing.
1: Oh, it shows. It very much shows in this deck.
0: So, so one thing I do, I was kind of wonder about mm-hmm. is, so, when you start splashing in other colors, right? and, typically the advice we give people is, you know, no more than, like, four or five of whatever color you're splashing in. Now, you already took this one step farther, and you're using a cross-order combo that uses two elements that are not even in your hero to begin with. Mm -hmm. So guaranteed to, to get this off, you have to have two items sitting out there. But then on top of that half of your healing comes from Mountain as well. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> so you have the, the three Boulder Feast, three Colossi Idols, uh, and then the Everok Carver to top it off. Like, that's seven cards sitting there, and so, like, this goes against pretty much everything that I would ever tell anyone just starting off experimenting with splashing in different colors. I'm like, I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I I just don't think I could play this deck, just because like I would I would get too frustrated. Like I, I I'm sure maybe it does just draw fast enough that it works, but I I have a feeling I would just have that kind of luck where I'd sit there and be sitting with six red cards in my hand and no item.
2: Oh no, that'll be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing is, it's like. There's some times where I don't get it to, like, half the deck, but your goal, your first goal is to make sure you get that mountain item out because that is your main healing, and mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you power through most of the game. So that's, I don't know if you've noticed, that's why I'm rushing to, like, get the mountain item. Because, like you said, like, half of my healing is mountain, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need yeah. that to get to the rest of the Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Do, do you so find that item getting removed a lot then?
2: No, the only thing I can remove it is Crushing Blow, and people don't run much linger, So, I mean, yeah, that's very true. It was actually funny uh, in in the Twitch
1: chat while you were playing this against Nuan, You laid down the Rockwall and Singing Blade, and someone in Twitch chat goes, "Why isn't he playing the rare items? Aren't those so much better? Like, why is he doing that? And everyone's like, "He's playing around the was Diamond. it the oppressor? Yeah." Yep. And it, there's like, "Oh my! I never thought about that." And I was like, "Yeah, he probably did. He probably thought about it several times." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, have you ever tried this with different items?
2: No, never. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I had the original list. I think I had a, a Rock mall, a Singing Blade, and a Pearl of Ashwood just for more draw. Sure. Okay, I can see that.
0: But then you found out you didn't really need the extra draw.
2: No, no, I didn't really need it. Okay,
0: I see occasionally now people running either a Crushing Charger or a Creeple Jester in their main deck. And I see you have chosen to go with Crushing Charger in the main deck. Uh, but you do still have a gesture in the side deck. Is there a reason you chose one or, over the other, or you just wanted to have one of them in the main deck, couldn't fit both of them? Like, where does that decision come in?
2: Okay, so Christian Charger is more to like disrupt him. Like, there, There's some times where my opponent will be like, okay, I know I have a way to stop it. I have anti as or Rupture. I'm just going to draw cards. I'm like, oh, well, right before I accept my combo off, I'm going to make sure you shuffle your cards back into your deck. <laughs> and and it's just, it 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 disrupts them. Um, but Jester, on the other hand, it's it's one of the few matchups where they have something on the discard pile, and I just want to like get rid of it, or like they have a, a, a bunch of cards that you know then I want to get rid of the resources. I don't know if you saw that like, last the finals, but there was one turn where I Frank had played class idol. Next turn I put Prince Dramatic Peter. Next turn he puts another class idol, and next turn I play the Jester. Yeah, it was just so he gets up out of his hand, resources, and luckily he discarded a shadow puppet, which helped me, you know, want me the game, that third game, because of the fact that he didn't have a shadow puppet when my buffs were, you know, open.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Rarely, that rarely. Yeah, that web down, yeah. yeah. Or even the Subjugator. I think they said after the Subjugator, because Subjugator had expired, and it was open, and it's like, man, <laughs> and that, was, that, that never happened, that never happened. So I understand why he got rid of a shuttle puppet, because he, he didn't think he was going to have a chance to remove it. So.
1: Yeah, makes sense. So I guess also going off that one, I see your your main deck for, for combos. You have Gravity Bubble in your main deck, but you have Black Hole in your side deck. And I was talking about a little bit. I'm like, Gravity, like Black Hole, is almost an A-list for all Astro combos. It's It's 9 damage, removes all their buffs. It's even 2 more Gravity, which helps pay for Reality Rift. So my guess is, like, is there, is there several games where you came in where Gravity Bubble was just better reliably than Black Hole was?
2: or uh, you, have, you have no idea. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is a great answer. There's times where Gravity Bubble is more of a utility of my own than an offensive combo. And it's more of that it helps restart my buffs and everything um, so I can have more chances to get up my combo. So let's say, well, let's say my face shift and monster armor are like the turn before they're like corner three. I play ever Carver and the special web will be down and it'll still be good. And whenever they rotate to the fourth corner, I'll be able to gravity bubble, you know, still have that 15 health restart all my buffs. That means we start the, the two combos, the special web and my ever Carver. So when next turn, when it happens, I'll be able to have a fresh start and the start of my combo will still be there. So it's, it's more of a utility for myself or anything. It's, it's, it was worth it not running, not pay for all of it, because it was
1: just that good. No, I completely understand that. I didn't even think about that situation. I'm sitting here like, I can see where, like, if you have Moss Armor and Phase Shift and your opponent just doesn't hit you those entire games and they're waiting for him to rotate out. But then you just, uh, no, 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 I also play Everett Carver to set myself to 15, then next turn Gravity Bubble. And I'm like, that, that's got to be like game 256 of game testing that you came up with that
2: play. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that. oh my God, that just shows how much you played it yeah I don't think that was in the last one, but um the last podcast, but yeah I something I discovered from that from that time to now that you can do that, but like, oh wait, so I can put Everett Carver the turn before did in gravity bubble, and mm-hmm. the time I had everett Carver I was like, oh
0: <laughs> yeah I, I can just see the the roller coaster of emotions that your opponents must go through when they see you you know hit yourself down to fifteen. And then, like you don't kill them right away because, and it's like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And they they must think they have a chance at that point. It's like, all right, he just went down fifteen. I'm going to kill him now. Even if they get you down, you know, hit you for twelve or something, but then Mm -hmm. next turn, everything reset and you heal back to fifteen again. And like everything is just so. Or even if they saw that coming, right? They saw Mm -hmm. that reset, and so they know you're going to heal back fifteen. So they don't hit you that turn and just wait for that to expire. But by that time, they're dead. Like, yeah. t- just that little glimmer of hope. It's like, oh, oh, I have a chance now. And then all of a sudden, they realize what's going on and how they're- it's n- still not going to work.
2: There was a couple times in the tournament where I, I would look at their face, to you know, respond how they're going to respond to this. And I felt bad, because it's like, <laughs> cause it, would, it would be hopeful. And then, like, whenever I do that, it'll be like, oh, then so you should everything again. I'm just like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got another four rounds of this, buddy.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be dead in two. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, Frank, any other questions about specific cards you had in here?
1: Well, I'm going through, and obviously you discussed why the Spirit is in here um, a little bit. Obviously, like I, at, at first when I was like, "What did he add this in here because there were like specific buffs that people were running to avoid this? Because I, I can see Paralysis Bug being in here to get around like Chrono and Fountain of Time. Prismatic Feeder, you said like helps you get rid like, of if a Colossi Idol is on top or if a Star Forge Warrior is on top. So, I can kind of see why all this stuff is in here. But the one that the one that kind of confused me was a Corrosive Spirit. I'm like, I can't think of really any buffs that would stop this, in a sense, because it does so much just small micro damage. Where, like, maybe if they had, like, a Bubblefish or a Moss Ridge Defender, something to prevent the damage from going through. So, I guess that was my question. Is like, one Corrosive Spirit, did you come into a situation where you ran into someone who just
2: held on to a lot of buffs that were key components that you just wanted to kind of disrupt? No, there was a time where that happened because. I usually crushing charge that before it happened, but it, just, it was just more there, just for insurance, like just for okay. backup, just in case you know they weren't they weren't call it. Uh, keep, they're keeping the hand side below seven because I'm pretty sure Nguyen one was doing that a little bit. He was keeping his hand below, you know, seven. So I I had that deck just in case people want to do that, and it's like sure. three buffs, so it's like three out of the seven cards in our hand. Potentially. No,
1: exactly, yeah. I mean, especially in aggro, people have been running an increased amount of bomblings since the tournaments have started and since people see how inc- impressive that card is.
0: Yeah, and that's something, another way, too, actually, that you can deal with buffer removal. I, like, I don't know how often you had to deal with like, a Thunder Slug, but that Spirit could knock it out of their hand, too.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Exactly. There's like, a couple of times in the tournament where I wish I had to run a Reckless Spirit and my Cyborg at least, because there are some times where I want to just get rid of like, one thing and also do damage, mm-hmm. but I didn't think about it. See, there's more stuff I can think about this deck right now. Like Reckless Spirit <laughs> would be a good addition. I didn't know I had access to Reckless Spirit to, like the yep. tournament. I yep. saw someone played it. I'm like, oh wait, I have access to Reckless Spirit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the soul element is actually really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's so such
1: good tech. It's one. Of, I think it's one of the best ones outside of maybe animal in nature that you can add in. And animals really like if you just want to add more damage. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my last question that I have is: you have three Creble nurses, which boggles my mind. It's like, okay, he has one, 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 and then just like three nurses. Did you need all three nurses in your side deck to prevent people I, from
2: healing that much? I needed it. It was there just in case because I couldn't find any more better side more stuff to add. So okay. it was there. Just in case I ran through a completely, like, monster aggro and it's like, okay, I need to get this healing in the sec right now. It just it was more stuff like that. Or maybe it was more stuff like, you know, let's say someone has a mudslinger. I can just take a couple of border feet, you know, one of these items and, you know, make sure I have consistent heat. Pretty much it was, it was was that what it was for. Sure. Yeah. Because
0: yeah, that would be something we were talking about. Like, you need to make sure you have that item out to get that half your healing right now. But you know mm-hmm. that that unaligned healing in there, and you're good to go anytime. even if you don't get full. What is it? Seven you can get out of it if you it meet the stipulations on the card.
2: Yeah, it's like three, but it's three. but That's still good. Yeah, yeah. And it's
0: in a pinch, it will heal you. Keep you in the game.
2: I just want to say that that tournament in Austin. I mean, I don't know how the other ones were, but I feel like that was a, was a little bit more competitive than the other ones because that was like. The tournament was just full of emotion, like a emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was crazy, man. It was which, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just—that was the end of my statement. It just, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, which I can see happening because
1: ever since this new classic format came out, it's not just been, hey, you're going against Dolo, Zuna, Cassini, all these very standard decks. There is now a mishmash of every possible combination of stuff out there. That's like exactly. with so much variety. You ha- you're mm-hmm. going to go against not, like, three decks the same in a row. You're going to go against something completely different every time, which I can see being very nerve-wracking. To be like, okay, okay, I just beat Zuna. now what am I going against? Like, there's, there's 15 different possibilities just off the top of my head, and there's probably 200 beyond that. that I can see how this tournament will be very nerve-wracking compared to the past ones.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's like, especially going through round one, it's like, oh, wait, I'm playing against the Rosa, what does this deck do? I don't know, but I don't <laughs> want to find out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which I think, out of the out of all the tournaments I've seen, that was the first Razo I've seen at a tournament, as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was the first one. So I didn't I didn't know what it was going to do. Yeah, um, like, so I've I see
0: I it been played in the app a little bit, but yeah, this is the first time I've seen it at a tournament. And I mean, when Nuon came in, like I I couldn't wait to see what he did with that thing. So I'm glad he yeah. did well, but I, I I'm <laughs> I am glad that your your hard work and dedication to Selini here paid off.
2: Oh man, Salini is the 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 one true best hero ever, Um, <laughs> <laughs> um But um, yeah, it just it felt great taking that because be able to stay composed after round one. And just you know, I think was a was I I did an awesome job doing that because in the in between the, in the matches of round one, round two, because just just you know what happened, I had to call it give the win because due to some technicalities, um, of, I didn't reality riff something right. I was like bringing myself down between round one and two the fact that I was able to come up with this awesome
1: I can definitely understand that I mean I was watching I was reading the Twitch comments I'm like oh no did he, did he miss like people were saying that you missed Subjugator and I'm like Oh no, please, no, is that really what happened? And you did the right thing, in my opinion. You were very nice about it. Like, hey, you know, I messed up. This this win goes to you. And I can see how you're like, man, I built this deck and I lost the first round. And that like that must just been like, oh no, like, oh no, 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 no. Please don't let this happen. And then you came back like the underdog. Like you were the mighty ducks to that whole thing. Where <laughs> just everyone was in your corner, quack, 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 and you just rose <laughs> to the top. <laughs> it was it was such a great, great. It was like it was like one of those like Hallmark movies where like you you have that one down moment you're like no I can't believe this happened and then you're like of nah, the tiger starts playing in the background and you just you keep going yeah, on yeah. a train and you go right to the top and it was it was amazing to see you re-get your composure and just take the tournament by storm yeah I have uh, to yeah. say
0: that, that that was a huge move on you from a sportsmanship perspective and yeah I'm glad to see that exists in the light seekers community like. I don't know how many people actually would have taken that loss, but, I mean, we were all sitting here at home and in the Discord and such, and, and like, we would have been very surprised if you did anything but what you did. Because yeah. <laughs> we know you're a good guy, we know you're a stand-up guy, but still, I've got, I'm going to give you credit for taking the loss on that one. And,
2: and yeah, because me and my we friend were talking about a week before, like, how much were we willing to do to win? And, and it got me thinking, and it's like, you, you want to win due to your hard work and your... In you, you know, dedication to the game, not by cheating, and that was the ultimate, the right thing to do. And it just, it just shows you how intensive that deck is, because you can a, a slight mess up, and that everything goes out of whack. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got you to make sure you you know what you're doing constantly. Maybe constantly think what's in your deck, constantly what's in your hand, what's in your discard pile, what your opponent's doing, and it's like you have to take all that consideration and just like go with it.
0: Yeah, because one small misplay like that, like said, well, if you just had that one buff in the wrong place, and you yep. play that reality rift, it's going to come out and it's not going to work then. So no, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's very next level playing to be able to keep all of your components, like you said, your hand, your deck, your discard pile, all in order to really make sure that. I mean, it's one of those things Was like, it can go off mid-game if you get your combos right and your damage is going down, but it really relies on the late-game when you've reused all your resources and everything that you have to consistently keep in mind, okay, what's my discard look like? What does the game board look like? How How are things playing out right now? And it's just that level of play shows like how much time went into this deck how much time you've spent playing and facing different opponents and it it's astounding to me that this came all about and i'm if i could applaud you without my microphone going off crazy (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) this deck this deck the mind through is insane it's so well done yeah i I,
0: remember early on and when i would interview people i just had a hard time comprehending astral just because you had to keep track of the one card that was on top of your deck right Mm -hmm. that was the big thing that's what made it so different from any other order it's like you have to really pay attention to what's on top of your deck and now we're sitting here talking like yeah you're playing three different colors you have to pay attention to not only what's on top of your deck but what order you play things what buffs are in your deck in your discard and where they are in your discard and just so many other factors. It's it's gotten to a point. I love it. I love that it's gotten so deep. <laughs> but it, it's it's just so. I never thought the game would get well years from now, maybe. But I mean, just three sets in, and we're already at you know, there's so much to think about.
2: Yeah, it's a lot to think about. It's crazy, man. Like you said, like, Astro, I came to Astro thinking, okay, uh, you know I to worry about the top of the discard. But then as you get more into the game, it's like, okay, now i got to make sure in Astro, what's in my deck, you know, what's in, you know, my discard pile. It's like, especially when you go to different colors, it's like, you got to memorize all that stuff. It's like, okay, this isn't what I signed up for in Astro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Frank, you got any last comments, questions
1: going on? My last comment I got to say is I remember at Nationals, I played you one game and you had Dolo and after the game we had a good talk because I was playing Granite. And after that match we were talking and whatnot, and you were telling me like how Selene your favorite hero and how you came up with the one with time in it. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And you're like, yeah, I think because of all this rotation going out, I'm still going to play Selene. And then the one comment that kind of stuck with me after, after you left is like, yeah, I'm looking into Moss Armor. And I'm sitting here just going, there's no Astral in Moss Armor how is is he still thinking of Cellini? And then like, you know, this is one of the first times I've seen this deck in full fruition. I don't think I've ran into you on the app or anything like that. And I just like my mind was blown that at, at nationals, like what nine months ago, you told me like, yeah, I'm sticking with Cellini, but I'm thinking about Moss Armor. And I was just like, there's how what I there's that's two different colors and none of them are astral. How does that happen? And then looking at this deck and like. I'm getting cartoon bug eyes. of like, so that's how that happens. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, it just blew my mind that that was the last thing that I've actually heard from you about this was nine, seven months ago, nine months ago. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about Moss Armor. And I was just like, no way. No, he's not doing that. And then this is what happens. And I'm just like, <laughs> he did it. No, he did it. And he
2: made it amazing. And I'm, I'm, blown, I'm blown away by it. And I was still happy to make a deck back then the time came with Flying for you. I was like really I was, like, really proud of that deck. Like, well, you we have no idea. That like
1: blew <laughs> me away. There was one game I I was playing Granite, and of course Granite very much healing all this stuff. I was at like, thirty five, and all of a sudden the guy puts Reality Rift, puts uh, like a uh, flying fortress, a time chamber out, and puts Stellar Fusion, and the next turn. I take 36 damage, and I just kind of went, "Wait, what happened? Like, what? How? What did you just do?" <laughs> I went, it came out of nowhere because I had never seen that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" And then two games later, I talked to you, you're like, "Yeah, you played my deck," and I was like, "Well, that was that guy." He's like, "No, I made that deck." I was like, "I want to shake your hand, buy a slate, and give you an autograph for me because that thing was amazing. That came out of nowhere. It oh, that's just the stuff that you think of is is mind boggling, but at the same time, it's just." Oh, so much admiration for, for your ability to think of all these things it's amazing
2: yeah I, it's the help with the idea of a couple of friends you know that helped me you know think of these things I, like I said I just want to thank everyone out, everyone out there who helped, you know make these kind of decks and he helped me test them and everything like they're, they are the best people so and I also want to thank everyone else who thank you that you think my decks awesome I work really hard on them so thank you for that I just want to say that
0: well, congratulations once again, Emmett, on your win in Austin. I sincerely hope there will be many more to come. Any last thoughts for, for someone who... Anyone who might want to try to play this deck, right? Wh- yeah. Wh- what's the one thing they need to focus on?
2: You need to focus on... Okay. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, you need to focus on what what elements they have in play, and you got to prepare for the worst. You have to make sure... You got to be a couple of turns ahead of them, and plan out what you need to do. For tech, for example, if they have access to all elements of tech, it's more likely they have anti-gravity, uh, anti-magic pulls. So you want to make sure you have a subjugated paralysis bug and then reality ref goes back and then have a colossal idol on top so they don't play combos and everything. So you just got to make sure, you got to memorize what the elements they play. That's the first thing. You got to memorize, you got to pretty much know every card in the game to know how to effectively play this deck. Because you got to remember You got to be like, okay, they're running these elements. Okay. They have access to this, 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 and that. So I got to prepare for the worst. I got to plan ahead. And that's, that's my tip for this deck. Fair it's, enough. It's, that is yeah. very good insight. Also, yeah. um, before we go, um, I'm sorry, Matt, before I go, um, I remember listening <laughs> to your podcast, the one with a nice guy. And I remember getting on Giddy whenever he said, you know, with deck really instead going forward. And he said the Salini deck and it, it just, <laughs> and it's like and I told him like I didn't tell him but like I said it like when I was listening to it I'm like oh wait you don't know what's coming in Austin <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knew
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, JSNS guy definitely has some very good insight on on Lightseekers as well so it'll be interesting to see what, if we can get you guys together sometime uh, we'll oh that'd be that'd
2: that that be a fun. great show that'd be great yeah
0: alright well thank you Zef for coming on the show again Congratulations on your win. And
2: yes, thank you, Seth. Thank you very much. (laughs)
0: Hopefully we can have (laughs) you back
2: very soon. Thank you guys for for having me on. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure.
0: And that wraps up our interview for episode 58. I certainly hope you enjoyed our surprise guest, Frank, who, as he stated a few times, is my new co-host for the show. Frank will be back again next week, and I'm very excited to see where the show can go with more people on board. As always, the show notes for this episode can be found at DeliveryCrab.com slash 058. That's DeliveryCrab.com slash 058. In those show notes, you'll be able to find all the stuff we talked about in this episode, including the deck list that we discussed and and all the information on upcoming tournaments and such. If you want tournament information directly, you can always go to DeliverCrab.com slash tournaments. That will have all the information for upcoming tournaments as well as any links you may need to sign up for the tournaments, any other things you may need to do. So head on over there. If you ever have any questions about... Our light seekers tournaments or even just light seekers in general, feel free to get in contact with us. There's plenty of ways to do that through any of our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, uh, email. There's a contact form on the website. Any way you feel comfortable getting in touch with me, go right ahead. I am more than happy to answer any questions you may have, whether you're a beginner or whether you've been playing for two years, whatever the case may be. I'm here to help. That's all I have for now. So until next week, I got some more deliveries to make.